Hello, and welcome to Can't Make This Shit Up, a true crime podcast. I'm Cassie, a true crime enthusiast. And I'm Mark, her dad, a true crime professional, currently a law enforcement officer in South Florida. And we hope you guys enjoy. So last we left off, Joseph Fritzel, that fucking creepy asshole, built a cellar that actually was a dungeon to entrap his 18-year-old daughter. So Elizabeth's friend, Joseph Leitner, that's the one who we, we talked a little bit about him last time. So it was her friend from school. He recalled, quote, rumors spread that she joined a sect or became a prostitute in Holland. Stories like those made the rounds. So her dad was basically perpetuating these narratives that she, you know, was a slut and a and a drug addict and that she had just run away to join a cult. And so not yeah. only did he kidnap this poor girl, he's like disparaging her reputation. Yeah, yeah, it's just true. Yeah. Which is like, what a piece of shit. Elizabeth's other friend, Krista, explained, quote, back then after school, you didn't go anywhere. So I didn't believe that Elizabeth had anything to do with sex or drugs. I didn't believe it for a second. So good friend on Krista, she was like, I don't believe I'm not buying any of this bullshit. Right. At the time of Elizabeth's disappearance, one of her school friends, another guy named Alfred Dubinovsky. So he'd recently graduated and he rented, he actually rented the flat, which was located above the Fritzl's home. So this flat, it was built kind of above where the cellar was. Okay. So... What are the odds that her friend from school ends up renting that flat, right? Right, yeah. So he explained, quote, I wondered why Elizabeth had left. Well, it's a different faith, Joseph told me. They dream of a different faith, and then they join this community, and they think differently. Simply put, and I said, fine by me, to each their own. So he just Hmm. was kind of like, hey, if she wanted to join a a cult, more power to her. Right. Although rumors spread about Elizabeth's disappearance, nothing was ever reported to police. Most of well, yeah, if you have the family, or at least the father, saying that, you know, she ran off and you have that po- that letter that she wrote, and, you know, and again, it's Austria back in, what, early 80s? Yeah, this, 80s. This is happening, so who knows, so, you know? most people in Amstetten assumed that Joseph, what Joseph claimed was true, that she had run away, she's in a cult now. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately plausible, and like you said, because she tried to run away a couple times you know, as a minor or in her teen years. Well, and even her friends knew that. So I think even her friends were like, okay, she finally like got away. Yay. She did her thing. Yeah. However, following the creation of the cellar, Joseph made it clear to his tenant that he was not allowed to go near the cellar or the garden, which surrounded its entrance. And he made this same rule for his family. And remember he's abusive. So of course his family is going to listen. Yeah, for sure. And then the tenants, like, they don't want to be evicted, so they're like, okay. And honestly, it kind of makes sense because in terms of, like, if I was a tenant, it's like, okay, well, I'm not renting that space, so I understand why you don't want me in there. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Unless it's, like, an area that you have to walk through to get to your place, you really have no reason to go to it. Right. So, makes sense. The tenant at the time, Alfred, explained, quote, We weren't allowed in the cellar, yard, or garden. No photos were allowed. That was his principal rule. If you broke it, you would be evicted. 
Once the door was opened and I considered walking down into it, I decided to leave it be because he always had such a presence. I was a bit cautious. So, I'm sorry. Okay, Alfred. I was with you with the whole, like, oh, you don't go in the cellar because you don't rent that. But you don't find it to be a huge red flag that he tells you, and also don't take any pictures of it. Right. Yeah, that's definitely a little suspicious. I mean, come on. I'm sorry. If my landlord was like, hey, listen, this is my property. You know, I don't go in the cellar. I'd be like, okay, cool. But then if they were like, hey, but also if you take it, if I catch you taking any pictures of the cellar, I'm going to evict you. I would be like calling the police immediately. There's something not right in that cellar. Why do you care if I take a picture? (laughs) Exactly. Is he a big guy? The Fritz? um, No, he's he's not very large, or at least he doesn't appear to be so in pictures. But I think, A, he does look, like I said, he has that evil countenance. So I think... That's kind of intimidating. And okay. I think from what everybody said in, in all the in the book I read and in, in it in the documentary, is he just had a very overbearing personality that I think, okay. you know, people were a little like, oh. Right. Okay. So from nineteen ninety 1990 to nineteen ninety-four, Joseph Fritzel rented his flat to another one of Elizabeth's former friends. So it's it's ironic because the first wow. one was her friend, and then her other you know, remember her other friend Joseph? Mm-hmm. Which is ironic because he has the same name as the dad, but Joseph Leitner, he also rented the place after after the other guy moved out. So he explained, quote, nobody knew what was going on in the house. We all lived normal lives. Of the forbidden areas of the home, he said, quote, we had to accept it. Fritzl was the type of person that you respect, no question. So I think he just was such an asshole that people just didn't want to ruffle his feathers. Right, I get it. I guess they all knew that they knew the cellar was there. They just weren't allowed to go to it. So Right. Yeah, okay. All right. Later, Joseph Fritzel himself would admit, quote, I would explain to them that they should not fiddle with the cellar door, or else they could receive an electric shock and die. The cellar of my house belonged to me and me alone. It was my kingdom, which only I had access to. And no one dared to enter my realm or even to ask me what I was doing there. So he basically lied to everybody in his family and the tenants, and he said that there's it's guarded by an electrical shock, so if you touch it, you'll get electrocuted and die. <laughs> okay. But even that, I'm sorry, okay, his family, I get a little more because they're abused, so I think whatever he says, they're just like, okay. But the tenants, if my landlord told me that, I would be like, there is something very wrong here. Like, I don't know what you're doing down there. I don't know if you're building a bomb. I don't know if you've got somebody hidden down there. But nobody is hiding their cellar with an electrical force field that's going to kill me if I touch it. I'm sorry. You guys are idiots. I agree. Yeah. I mean, now, in today's day and age, then yes, absolutely. Those type of things are going to jump out because of all the stories and, you know, people that have been abducted and all the, you know, the big stories of what was the one girl that was like, for like 18 years or something, she was hidden and... The, the the guy who kidnapped her had a child with her and stuff oh, like yeah. that. Oh, you know? yeah. I forget. I can't think of her name, but I know exactly who you're talking about. And it was a husband and wife. They got arrested for that or whatever. Right. It was like, so now, those she type wrote, of things. She wrote a book, actually, following. Right. Yeah. And I think those things stick out now so that if you, like, see your neighbor and, I don't know, like, weird shit's happening. Especially that. They say, oh, my thing's electrocuted. But, I also yeah. am just an assertive person. I'm not one of those people who's just like, okay, I'm easily intimidated. If you're doing something weird, I'm going to be like, you're fucking weird. And what? there's something not right here. Right. Get away from me. Don't talk to me, number one. And I'm calling the police and I'm going to tell them, listen, my crazy fucking landlord with the crazy eyebrows, 
He just fucking told me that he, there's an electrical force field around the cellar. So somebody needs to go get a search warrant, get down there. There's something right. going on. Yeah. Because honestly, what's the worst that's going to happen? Police show up and there's nothing there. Okay, fine. If there is something there, glad yeah, I you called. Just, you just helped him. <laughs> so Joseph also forbade his wife and other children from going into or near the cellar, of course. Of course. Which, that's also a huge red flag to me. I mean, granted, this is a little different because he's like an abusive partner. So I think when you're beaten down enough, you just don't ask questions. But I will say, like, in other cases, there's a lot of cases where, you know, he's not an abusive husband. Like, even with, like, BTK and stuff, by all accounts, he was this nice guy to his family. But then parts of the house that you don't go to or, you know, you don't enter. And I'm like, if my husband ever came home and was like listen, you're just not allowed to go in the basement anymore. I'd be like, bitch, says who? Yeah, yeah. I, know. I would literally look him in his face and I'd be like, you know what I'm going to do right this second? I'm going I'm right going down to that basement. basement. <laughs> and I dare you to stop me because I will I will shank you. <laughs> I'm sorry, I own half this house and you're going to tell me I can't go to the basement? Please, suck a dick, right. no. Of course. No way. Now, right, but you have to look at the totality of this story, you know, and how they were all abused from... You know, from the get-go, and you just didn't cross the guy, and that's the power he had over him, you know? like Which, in this story, I, I get it. When yeah. you're abused, I think you just stop. Like, you but know, I 100% agree with you. If, like, if, first of all, well, imagine, my house, imagine if my you house. Came, imagine <laughs> if you came home, and mom goes, listen, the casita, it's now my casita. You don't go in there. You don't knock. If you touch it, if there's an electrical force field, it's going to shock the shit out of you. Well, it better kill me, because once I get up from it, <laughs> There'll be a lot of explaining to do. <laughs> but here's your here's your relationship advice from Cassie over here, okay? All right, okay. If your spouse ever tells you to not enter a room in your house, immediate divorce. Walk immediate, right the fuck up into that bitch. <laughs> um, no, don't walk in because who oh. knows what's in there, you know what I'm saying? Immediate divorce. Literally immediately leave, go to the police and say, listen, my husband's re- acting real weird. Or my wife, it could be a girl. I- I'm not trying to be sexist, but let's be real. Most of the time, men suck. <laughs> immediate divorce. I'm immediate divorce. All right. Meanwhile, Elizabeth, <laughs> this is all going on, and Elizabeth, remember, is still stuck in the fucking cellar, and no one's asking any questions because they're all idiots. Yep. So Elizabeth was kept in the dark and dingy cellar for years, where she was repeatedly raped and tortured by her own father. So in 1993, Joseph's wife, Rosemary, opened the front door to discover a nine-month-old baby sitting in a basket on on her stoop. Oh, my God. The baby's name was Lisa, and beside her was a letter, supposedly written by Elizabeth. So the letter informed her family that the baby was hers and that she was unable to care for the baby, and she requested that her family take the baby into their home. So the letter stated, quote, Dear parents, I pass on my baby Lisa to you. Look after her carefully. You're probably wondering why you're hearing from me only now. Also, along with this letter comes a human surprise. I have been breastfeeding her for six and a half months. Now she only drinks milk out of a bottle and everything else she eats off of a spoon. I'm incapable of caring for her. I hope she won't be too much trouble for you. (laughs) Okay. So now they're just getting babies on their stoop. Wow. All right. And as I'm sure you can have already surmised, Joseph forced Elizabeth to write this letter, right? Absolutely. So in actuality, Elizabeth had been impregnated by Joseph 
and had given birth without any medical care within the cellar. After leaving the baby in the cellar with Elizabeth for the first nine months of the baby's life, he finally devised a plan to trick Rosemary, his wife, into believing that Elizabeth had simply abandoned the baby on the doorstep. So poor Elizabeth not only is being tortured and raped down there, she now has to give up her, her child, essentially. After nine months of raising that baby down there, and that was probably her only companion, you know, she had to give this baby away. Yep. Wow. Insanely. I can't even imagine that. Like, that's... It's horrible. It's incomprehensible. It really this, is. This, like, this, that's why I said it, last episode, this case is probably one of the worst we've ever covered. For, yeah. not, o- not only in the length of the abuse, but just right. everything that poor girl went through. I don't know how you survive that and function. Yeah, like... Jesus, I don't know. Insanely, this would not be the last time that this occurred, the leaving the baby on the doorstep. The same thing would occur two additional times over the next few years, and Rosemary ended up taking custody of three of the children born by Elizabeth in the cellar. Wow. Elizabeth's former friend Joseph recalled, quote, The horrible thing was that one child after another was left on the doorstep. When I was living there, one child was left there. It was horrible. Everyone blamed Elizabeth. What kind of a person is she? How can a mother do such a thing? Wow. In 1994, so this is 10 years after Elizabeth's been imprisoned in the cellar, so she's been down there for 10 years. Jesus. A second baby appeared on the Fritzl's doorstep. This time, a second daughter named Monica. So the first baby was Lisa, now Monica. On April 28, 1996, Elizabeth gave birth once again in the cellar, this time to twins. Two boys, which she named Alexander and Michael. After three days without medical care, one of the twins, Michael, died. Oh, God. Which is horrible, because if she'd given birth in a hospital, he would have survived. Right. After the baby's death, Joseph burned his body within the home's furnace. What? So he burned the baby's body in the furnace. So imagine the family is being heated and this these his ashes are probably like flowing through the house. That's so horrible. Oh, God. And he scattered the remaining ashes within the garden. A few months later, he once again placed the remaining twin, Alexander, onto his home's doorstep for his wife to discover. After Alexander's supposed abandonment, Joseph Fritzl called his best friend Paul. Remember, he had that friend Paul for 30 years. Paul, he complained to Paul about his daughter Elizabeth. Paul told the documentary, quote, Joseph said, Polly, no, they've put another child on my doorstep. I said, wow, that's impossible. He said, oh, they put a third child on my doorstep. This time it's a boy. I said, this had to stop or else you'll have a kindergarten. So he's even calling his friends and being like, look how crazy my daughter is. She keeps abandoning these kids on my doorstep. Meanwhile, he's he's committed. uh, Yeah, he's a he must have been a good liar because everyone believed him. Well, yeah. Although usually those sociopaths are. So I was going to say, and that's his reality. Like, that's his life. So he's just it's just crazy. Meanwhile, Elizabeth's friend Joseph, because remember that her friend Joseph is also living in the flat above the cellar. Right. Light Lightner or. What's his name? Lightfoot or? Lightner. Lightner, yeah, there you go. Okay. So while unbeknownst to him, his friend was entrapped below him in the cellar of where he's living. Unreal. He recalled, quote, there were lots of parties at my place. I had friends over and my neighbors. 
One neighbor was always over, and we always had a good time. Nowadays, I think, what was down there? If I'd known that while we were partying upstairs, someone was locked up down there for such a long time. With hindsight, it's very frustrating. These are things that still bring me down today. Yeah, because that I understand exactly what you're saying. My friend was literally locked up for years below me, and she's probably Ugh. listening to all these parties and all this stuff, thinking like, "No one knows I'm here." Like I'm. Yeah. How helpless? How helpless do you think that? I don't know. The things she went through, I think, is worse than anything. Yeah, yeah, no. I'd... Like for that length of time and to be tortured like that. Right. Strangely, when Joseph was home alone in his flat. His dog at the time, Sam, would repeatedly scratch at the floor, which Joseph Leitner had always found odd. He explained, quote, Sam was an absolute good and well-tempered dog. Why did he snarl at the floor when I, while I'm watching TV? When it was 2 or 3 a.m. and it was quiet. No neighbor was coming home. Nobody was outside in the garden. He was always lying on the ground and snarling to himself and listening. He was always staring at the floor. Now I know why. Wow. Unreal. It's crazy how animals, like, always know. They are incredible, especially dogs. They're unbelievably smart. That's why I'm such a dog person. I think dogs are, like, the shit. Yeah. After many years of hearing strange noises, Joseph's other tenant, Alfred, because remember, Alfred lived there before Joseph Mm -hmm. Leitner. Right. Alfred finally confronted Joseph Fritzl about what he was hearing. He recalled, quote, I said to Mr. Fritzel, what's that knocking noise? I feel disturbed by that. And he said that it's the gas heating. We just put in a new boiler and that's causing the noise. Of course, I didn't believe it because I don't believe everything. So basically, he started, Alfred started to feel like there's something not right right here. Right. Which I understand because after he's been told, oh, if you touch my cellar, you'll get electrocuted. And then he's hearing like knocking noises. Although, also, he still didn't call the police, so... You're right. You're right. He still let that shit go. Like, if that was me, I'd be like, police right now. They would probably be thinking I'm crazy. I'm like, I don't care. You need to get down there. There's something down there. I don't know what it is. Something's (laughs) down there. Yep. Over the 24-year period that Elizabeth was locked away in the cellar... 24 years? 24 years. Holy shit. Over 100 tenants lived in the flats above it. Dr. Hans Heinz Lenz, the district commissioner, said, quote, Nobody saw anything. Nobody heard anything. Nobody. Say that guy's name again. I know. It's crazy, isn't it? Dr. Hans Heinz Lenz. He's the district commissioner of, of Anstetten. Hans Heinz Lenz. Right. He's also an idiot. We'll find out later. So oh. stupid name, stupid guy. You know what I mean? Okay. By 1998, Elizabeth had been underground for 15 years and had given birth in the cellar seven separate times. Crazy. Some of the children remained in the cellar with Elizabeth, while three still remained in Rosemary's care upstairs in the house. So it's interesting because he would leave, he would let her keep some and then would not let her keep others. And he never really came out and said why that was, but I'd be interested to know, like, what was it about some kids that you wanted upstairs and some that you allowed her to keep in the cellar? Yeah, I mean, so they were essentially they were prisoners too. Right. Wow. At this time, Joseph Fritzl decided that he deserved a vacation. So he flew to Thailand for four weeks with his best friend Paul. Remember, no one knows Elizabeth's in the cellar. 
So for four weeks, he left her by herself in the cellar with hardly enough food. I was going to say, food, water? Nope. I mean, he left her some, but not enough for four weeks. Wow, okay. So they were pretty much like starving the whole time he was gone. Right. And it's crazy because in the in the documentary, there are literally videos from this trip where he's getting a massage on the beach, and he's enjoying his time laughing, and it's crazy to watch it, because in hindsight, you know, like, all his... Everything that's going on back in... Right, and Austria. he's just able to, like, smile. He doesn't care. Having and a great time. How old is he at this point? Um, I think probably in his, like, 40s or 50s, maybe. Okay. He looks older in the video anyway. Well, I guess this is what, in the 90s, right? 98. He in... So he was pretty okay, so he yeah, was yeah. pretty old. Yeah, okay. He flies to Thailand for four weeks with his best friend, Paul, but doesn't bring his wife. Just him. None of the kids, just him. He, he gets a vacation, but no one else. Paul explained, quote, Just think he gets a massage and laughs while the children are locked up in the cellar. It's incredible. It's an absolute joke. I wonder what he was thinking. While they're locked up, I'll go on holiday for a massage? I don't get it. I would have had different thoughts. But Clearly I don't... He didn't care. I was going to say, I think he's a sociopath. Like, he didn't He didn't care. He's having a good time. What? What is... It doesn't matter what everyone else is feeling. So, while in Thailand, the friends visited a market. His friend Paul encouraged Joseph to purchase a gift for his wife. However, Joseph refused, instead purchasing a dress, which Joseph told Paul was for his girlfriend, when in actuality, he purchased it for Elizabeth. Wow, okay. In February of 2008, after being imprisoned for 24 years in the cellar, Elizabeth's firstborn daughter, Kirsten, who Joseph had allowed her to keep in the cellar, so this is one of the kids that was kept in the cellar her whole life. So. Kirsten's now 19 years old, so this poor girl has been down in the cellar for 19 years. She doesn't know anything other than the cellar. That's all she's ever seen her whole life. What the? But she started to become increasingly ill. Her illness became so severe that she was experiencing fainting spells and eventually began having seizures. Elizabeth began begging her father to allow Kirsten to leave the cellar and go to a hospital because she feared that Kirsten was going to die if she didn't receive medical attention. Later, Joseph would admit, quote, I was really thinking about whether I should let her go or not, but I was not able to make the decision. Although, maybe exactly because of that, I knew that with every passing day, what I had done would be more severely judged. So he's basically saying the only thing I was worried about was me getting in trouble. I didn't. I didn't give a shit that she was right. sick. Right. God. Horrible. Finally, Joseph agreed to allow Kirsten to leave the cellar and go to the hospital. However, he first made Elizabeth write another letter stating, quote, Please, please help her. Kirsten is really terrified of other people. She's never been in a hospital. If there are any problems, please ask my father for help. He is the only person that she knows. Kirsten, please stay strong until we see each other again. We will come back to you soon. Wow. So Joseph takes this letter and Kirsten to a hospital. However, things did not go according to Joseph's plan from here on out. Because he obviously arrives with this sick, dying 19-year-old girl in the hospital, and everybody's got some questions. Uh, yeah. It was immediately apparent to doctors that she was extremely malnourished. So red flag number one. Right. It also quickly became apparent that Kirsten had no medical records or birth records. 
So red flag number two. Yep. They demanded Joseph tell them who Kirsten really was and where her mother was. The hospital finally called in authorities when Joseph only supplied them with vague answers to their questions. After days of police pressure, Joseph finally thought it was best to free Elizabeth and her two remaining children. Because at this point, the police were trying to find Elizabeth because basically they were treating Kirsten, but they didn't really know the extent of her injuries because they didn't realize that she'd been in a cellar her whole life, obviously. Right, of course. So they, and Joseph was just kept saying, oh, I don't know where she is. Like she joined a cult. So basically they, the police ended up releasing to the media like hey we're looking for elizabeth because her daughter's dying you need to come forward so basically they put the pressure on joseph he finally really had no choice but to free elizabeth because they were kind of zeroing in on him yeah it's a domino effect there yeah because his story wasn't making any sense that's it yeah the first domino went and it's (laughs) so he decided to release elizabeth and she had two other children in the cellar a boy named stefan and a boy named felix there was three kids who had lived with her in the cellar their whole lives. Kirsten, Stefan, and Felix. So he decided to release them from the cellar. So he went home, he released them, and he told his wife that, oh, look, they finally have returned home because they saw the media stuff. And look, they're they're here for, they're, they're back. No. Well, and I'm like, Rosemary, you had to know that was a lie. Like, come on. <sighs> okay, gotta continue because... This is so unbelievable. At this point, someone anonymously tipped off the police that Elizabeth had magically returned because he had brought her to the house and had said, oh, look, your daughter's home with more grandchildren, but he didn't call the police. So I don't know who the anonymous tipster was. We don't know, but it could have been one. I don't know if it was one of his tenants or like a friend or something, but they basically called police and were like, yo, uh, the girl you're looking for, she's here. The police came and they took both Joseph and Elizabeth into custody because they still don't know, like, is she a part of this malnourishing of her kid? We don't know. Right, of course. So finally, after 8,516 days of being confined in her father's cellar, Elizabeth, as soon as she got with police, spilled the beans, told them everything. God bless her. Yeah, so she was like, listen, it's not my fault. I was in the cellar. He kidnapped me. So when police finally entered the cellar, they were in shock. The cellar door opened to reveal a 16-foot-long corridor, which led to a storage area and three small open cells. The cellar also contained a small kitchen and a bathroom. The entirety of the space was only 590 square feet, and the ceilings were only 5 foot 7 inches tall. Holy shit. The cellar door was protected by an electric keypad where one had to enter the correct code to enter. In order to reach this door, five locking basement doors had to be passed through first. So basically, she had no, there was no way she was ever going to escape. Right. Damn. To get to the portion of the cellar where Elizabeth and her children were hidden, eight doors total had to be unlocked in order to reach them. Holy shit. So he, he knew what he was doing. Yep, for sure. As you can imagine, this story resulted in a media frenzy from all over the world. Cameras surrounded the Fritzl property. Through the police investigation, it became apparent that social workers had been called to the Fritzl home 21 times since 1984, and nothing had ever been done to protect any of the Fritzl children from Joseph's abuse. 
Oh my god. Unreal. The authorities clearly let down all these For kids. Sure. Right. 21 times and you're telling me, and let's be real, you know he was probably molesting more of those kids than just of Elizabeth. Of course. 100%. Despite this, according to... So this is... Remember how I said Dr. Hans Heinz Lenz was an, kind of an idiot? Uh-huh. So according to him, he said, quote, The police in my office did all to look for Elizabeth. Nearly to all of Europe, we, quest- we questioned offices and institutions. Nobody knew during those times where she had been. Only one man did it. It was her father. Which, don't get me wrong, yes, obviously, he did it. it I, I'm not saying that anyone else should be held responsible. But you go to that house 21 times as, as a social and worker. Checked, and nobody checks out that basement. Nope. Wow. On March 16th, 2009, Joseph Fritzl appeared in court facing rape, incest, false imprisonment, slavery, coercion, deprivation of liberty, and murder charges. For the de- For the dead twin? Yeah, so they charged him yeah. with murder because they, they found that he murdered baby Michael because he probably would have survived had he not been held oh, captive. Oh, gotcha, okay, right, right, okay. As he entered the courtroom, he hid his face behind a large blue blinder. So if you see, there's obviously, like, tons of media coverage of it. The entirety of the court hearing, he holds this binder in front of his face and won't, like, look at anybody. Wow. Three days later, on March 19th, 2009... Joseph Fritzl was convicted and sentenced to life in prison without parole for 15 years. So he's eligible for parole after 15 years. Life in prison with parole? Yeah. After 15 years, he can apply for parole. This was when? 2009? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. He accepted his sentence and did not... So in two more years, he can get paroled? Technically, yeah. I mean, I doubt that they'll ever allow it, but he, technically, yeah. Unreal. Okay. He accepted his sentence and did not attempt to appeal it. So that's the one good thing he did. He didn't appeal it. After her escape, Elizabeth, all of her surviving children, and her mother were placed within a center shielded from the media in which they received medical and psychiatric care. Elizabeth and her three children, which had been kept in the cellar, required extensive therapy in order to adjust to the sunlight because their whole lives, well, Elizabeth for 28 years hadn't seen right. the sun and her children their entire lives had never, never seen the sun. Right. So imagine how what how much that does to your body. Cause wow, they, I didn't even think about that, yeah. They also had difficulty with feeling overwhelmed in large spaces because as the kids, they, they that's all they ever knew was the cellar. They never saw anything else. So right. the fact that they saw the world as being so big, they had mental issues with right. dealing with the expansiveness of spaces. Holy crap. Unreal. Yeah. Stefan, he also had difficulty walking properly because he'd been taller. He Because, you know, he was like a teenager by the time they got out. And he was taller than five foot eight. And so his whole life, once he was tall enough, he had to hunch over because the ceilings were so low. So he had never in his whole life been able to stand up straight. Oh, my God. So he had, like, severe back issues, obviously. Right. The family was offered new identities by the Austrian government because of, I guess, the media coverage and everything. Of course. But they didn't accept it. Wow. Okay. In May of 2008, Elizabeth and her children released a statement to the community stating, quote, We, the whole family, would like to take the opportunity to thank all of you for sympathy at our fate. 
Your compassion is helping us greatly to overcome these difficult times, and it shows us there are also good and honest people who really care for us. We hope that soon there will be a time where we can find our way back to a normal life. Unreal. Which is so sad to me because they're never going to have a normal life. Never, ever, ever will they be. I mean, I think it can be obviously as good as it can be given the situation, but those poor kids, not to mention her her adult kids that had been raised by her mom their whole life thinking their mom abandoned them. Yep. And she never got to have a relationship with those kids as children. Yeah, he destroyed all of those lives. All of them. So in July of 2008, Elizabeth ordered that her mother leave the facility. Because remember, they were were staying in that facility to get treatment. So Elizabeth was like, get the fuck out of here. Um, and she, she ordered that she stay away from her and her children because it became apparent that she blamed her mother for her passiveness at her father's abusive behavior. Understandably so. However, in the years following, Elizabeth began working on forgiving her mother, and she allows the three children Rose Marie raised to visit her regularly if they wish, because right, right. that's she the only them, mom right. they ever knew. Right. Which I think that's big of her, because a lot of people, I think, would have been like, fuck you, you're not seeing them either. Right. When, you didn't, you didn't, maybe I missed it, the, his mother, Joseph's mother, that he was in so, you know, did, at what point, did she die? I'm assuming at some point. Yeah, I think she died, like, early on in their marriage. Okay. All right. So she wasn't a part of any of this. No, 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 no. Okay. All right. On June 28th, 2013. Workers finally destroyed the cellar by filling it with concrete. So the cellar is gone. It's filled with concrete. But the actual house still remains. And they've since turned it into apartments. Really? Which, who wants to fucking live I there? Wanna, I never want to fucking... I don't even want to visit it. To see that's, it. that's like bad juju. Yeah, that's... That's a fucking monster right there. That's... Jesus. In May of 2017... Joseph Fritzl changed his name to Joseph Mayroff. So in prison, he changed his name, I guess, because, you know, he was so renowned with this case. But, bitch, I'm letting everybody know it's Joseph Mayroff now. He's still an <laughs> asshole. All right. Many suspect that it's due, his name change was due to, because he repeatedly gets his ass kicked in prison. Oh. Uh. Which good. good. Keep kicking that. Keep kicking that fucking ass. Including, he got one beating that was so severe that his teeth were knocked out. Oh, nice. That's very painful. Good. Good. I I hope he is tortured every day of his life. Jesus Christ. I'm amazed he hasn't been killed. Well, he's really old now. I I meant to look up what his age is today. No, but I'm saying about all those attacks and stuff that nobody ever just, like, killed him. I mean... Yeah, but. Here's hoping. Yeah. Well. Although honestly, I kind of don't hope because well, I yeah, want I him. I like the l- repeated torture. I feel like yeah, that's that is, what he yeah. deserves. Yeah. So that's the horrible story of Joseph Fritzl. I'm amazed I never heard of that story. Well, I think it's because it happened in Europe, and you know, like Americans are very America-centered, yeah. and I think people generally don't. Yeah, but still, that's pretty. Incredible. That's a pretty fucking incredible story. Uh, Elizabeth Smart. That's the one that happened, right? Yeah. Isn't that mm-hmm, the girl that was mm-hmm. Which, the... ir- ironic that both of these are both Elizabeth. Yeah, I know. Oh, that you're right. Damn. But at least wow. Elizabeth Elizabeth was found before 28 years. This. Yeah, yeah. This, and, this, and he... this girl, 28 years, that's a long time. 
Are they any update on like the family and how they're doing? As yeah, far supposedly, as... um, Rosemary is destitute now because yeah. she's still alive. Like, or at, yeah, at, at least as far as from when that book was written. The, gotcha. Um, okay. But she is destitute and poor, which I'm sorry, you deserve it. Yeah, you yeah. you allowed your kids to be abused repeatedly. You didn't do shit. Yeah. No. She definitely gave gave up her. Yeah, for sure. And supposedly Elizabeth and her kids are, you know, doing as well as they can be. Right, okay. They still undergo psychological therapy and stuff like that, which obviously I'm sure is extensive. It's be, yeah, I'm sure that'll be lifelong. Well, good. I mean, happy for that, I guess. You know, that they survived, I guess. But I just think it's such a horror. 28 years of that. Can't even understand. Over like 8,000 days. Yep. I can't even imagine. Yeah. That's, yeah, it's... It's a prison sentence. Horrible. Yeah. So we have a question, which I didn't do this on purpose, but I do kind of feel like it ties into this weirdly. So the the question is from Ryan. So hi, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. So fun fact, Ryan, actually, my daughter's middle name is Ryan. Although this is this is a boy, Ryan. So. Oh, okay. Not a girl. Ryan. Okay. So his question, he had messaged me that he likes to ask people this at work just to like Start conversation, I guess. Okay. So, what's the most pain you've ever felt in your entire life? Like, what's the most painful experience? Like, physical pain? I mean, I guess it could be either or. But yeah, I think, like, physical pain. Well, you're probably going to say childbirth. Or is it just directed at me? No, I think we both can answer it. But I'll let you go first. You haven't really had that many, like, serious injuries. I haven't. I've been pretty lucky. Have you ever even broken a bone? I have not. Crazy. I I would say being hit with a taser is probably that. That that five-second ride is probably, trying to think. I have been hurt. Like, I have, like, I don't want to say busted my ankles, but I've been injured, like, on the job. Like, but nothing broken. That was pretty bad. But, oh, I know exactly. Well, it's a tie between the taser, which was a five-second, and when I had my, my diverticulitis. Oof, that was yeah. that was pretty when I was hospitalized for that. So well, stomach pain is like yeah, because I felt like I've never been like stabbed per se, but I would always say it felt like there was a like a knife or a sword running right through the middle of me because the pain hit me like right in the center. But it's what it felt like, like what I would envision that pain to be. So I would say it was either that or or the ta- the tasers are horrifically painful. But it's weird because the minute it stops, it's like you're like back to normal. It's weird. It's very, very odd. So, so that's I, my answer, those two things. I would say definitely childbirth is up there. I Well, I was lucky with Ozzy. I had an epidural pretty early on, so I didn't feel shit. So with my youngest, it was very easy going. Right. I actually had a great experience. Right. We were just watching MTV the whole time, pretty much, until like I had to push, <laughs> and it was fun. So I didn't really feel shit with that. But with uh, Lila... I got the epidural later than I would have liked, and so I was feeling like the contractions pretty heavily before, right. and that was, yeah, that's like yeah. pain that you can't even think through. I've never felt anything like it. Like, it's horrible. Right. You just get an epidural, lady. It's, it's not worth it. Trust me. It was pretty, when you broke your arm that one time. Well, that's we what's going to be, that was going to be my second one. We went, we went on a vacation to Germany when I was a kid, and. Yeah, I fell and broke my arm. Leave it to me to land in the hospital on like a European vacation. Day one. But yeah, I yeah. fell and I broke my elbow and that was pretty painful. But, you know, I do have to say this is I once had a a paper cut type of cut in between 
two of my fingers, like on the web. Ooh. And that was the healing of that. Like, I mean, it hurt when it happened, but like it took so long for that shit to heal because, you know, you moving your fingers around and it constantly kept splitting open and which I know that's like pussy, but <laughs> it's, well, it's very I, no, weak. But That's like an annoying pain that it's, it's one of those pains that I hope Joseph Fritzel feels like I exactly, hope somebody exactly splits right. the webs of his fingers every day and they never heal. <laughs> exactly. But I, I do remember that now, too, is that, is that cut was like. And it took so long to heal. This it just like, goes to show how little injuries he's had. He's like, look, I had a paper cut really bad in between cut. my finger, and I just could not handle well, it. I mean, I have to say, I've been pretty lucky. I've, you know, I've knock been... on wood right now because I don't want to hear. I don't want to get a phone yeah. call that you broke your you broke your damn leg. No, yeah. I mean, now you know, like I've I've busted teeth out, and you know, I've had like. Oh yeah, you know, I forgot about that. That had to hurt. That it did hurt, but I. I don't really remember the pain, so so which he is was a, a good thing. to fill you guys in. He was a kid and tripped and fell and knocked out his teeth. So I don't want I don't want you to sit there and think that it was something cool, like he got in a no. fight or something. It wasn't well, that cool. Well, I did in my senior year of high school. I did get jumped. And oh yeah, that probably hurt too, huh? Yeah, it did. I'm, I'm surprised it. they didn't break any bones during that. Well, I almost lost my eye, and then they broke. They busted my upper lip, and like my teeth got knocked out again. My fake teeth got knocked out again. So like all that had to be fixed, but because they hit me with like a brass like brass knuckles, but made out of wood. Who was, the fuck makes with... wooden brass knuckles? What are idiots? He made it in wood shop class, actually. I found out. Later. What, what what teacher is letting these kids make wood knuckles? <laughs> well, you know, supervision back then was. You know. As someone who's in education, that would not fly today. <laughs> yeah, no. We're talking eighty. When did that happen? Eighty-seven, eighty-eight. So. Just think, I was born like a year later. Shut your dirty pie hole. In 89. (laughs) Yes, I know. Your daughter's getting old over here. I know you are. I'm almost 35. You know? I wish I was 35 again. Good lord. You only get it once. You only get it once. All right, well, Ryan, I hope that right. answered your question. We also once again went off into a tangent, but uh, yep. hopefully you liked it. I'm going to say the paper cut. <laughs> <laughs> paper cuts, man. Paper cuts, man. They really are fucking painful, though. They really are the worst, but not the worst, the worst. Just no. like a made up the worst, you know what I mean? No, yeah. At the moment, they're the worst. They not happen. as bad as childbirth, though. Not as bad as childbirth. Pebble in your sneaker? Oh, that's the worst, too. <laughs> yeah. So, if you want to follow us on the, the old Facebook, where it can't make this shit up, a true crime podcast. If you want to follow us on Instagram, we're at can't make this shit up pod. We're on Twitter at CMTSU pod. Also, if you want to send us a case suggestion or a question, we've had some really good questions lately. Yeah. You can either email us at can't make this shit up pod at gmail.com. Or in the show notes, there'll be a little link you can click. Or on our Instagram in the bio, there's also a link you can click. So send us all the questions. Click those links. Well, so another one bites the dust. Another one in the can, so to speak. So bye. Bye.
I'm sorry. Let me start that over. Okay. Bwah, 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 bwah.